This episode of The Devin Kershaw Show is brought to you by Concept2 and the Concept2 Skierg. Concept2 is the designer and manufacturer of the Skierg, a training tool for Nordic skiing and for general fitness. Located in north central Vermont, the Concept2 family rose in summer and skis in winter. The Skierg grew out of the time-tested design of the Concept2 rowing machine. As dedicated skiers, we know this much is true. It's not always easy to get out on the snow in winter, or out on the roller skis, for that matter, in summer. The Skierg is a perfect dry land training option for skiers, or anybody really, looking to improve their fitness. The second generation Skierg allows for single stick and double pulling. Take your skiing and upper body conditioning to a new level with a Skierg. You can find more information about Skiergs and their PM5 performance monitors at concept2.com. This is Jason Albert, and you are listening to The Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. The 10K skate at World Champs offered up a Yohog win, a silver for Carlson, a bronze for Anderson, in a near miss fourth place by a few seconds for American Jesse Diggins. In this episode, we go 10K deep in what was a historically large winning margin for a championship 10K as Yohog won by nearly a minute. On to the episode in which we break it all down and look ahead to what could be a spicy 4x5K women's relay. How is it? Not so bad, how are you doing? Good, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Kind of starting, nice. starting to become. Uh, I got up, you know. I know people are like, "Oh my god, we're so sick of hearing this guy complain about his lack of sleep." But alarm no, set, bitching early. Well, I know, but I had the alarm set for four a.m. because it started at like four fifteen, which is normal wake up time. I woke up at like maybe two thirty, and then uh, a contemporary of yours. Do you ever race against Dakota Black Horse Von Jess? Yeah. Yes. I'm, uh, Good friend of mine. Yeah. Partner of Bernie, by the way. Partner of Bernie. No way. That I, I didn't you know. know. That. that I didn't know. Yeah. Yep. Great dude. Great people, by the way. Just excellent people. He texted me at like 3.15. So I'm like, by that point, Why I'm like- my that? Dakota, stop that. No, no. My phone was like, on, my phone was on silent, but I was like, oh, someone's interacting with me. And he was getting up to go. He's a computer programmer. Uh by trade, but he helps groom. He was getting up early to groom and was asking me a question. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm up. Awesome. So, you know what? You know what? I love, yeah. and then take that back then. All guys like Dakota and all the groomers that make like these club programs in the, the ski, the ski areas we love to enjoy. Hats off to those guys. Say a big thank you without, without, without passionate people like that getting those trails prepared. We wouldn't enjoy the, the awesome conditions. I know. I know I, like here in, especially in shooting here in, in just above Lillehammer, like the grooming, I mean, I don't need to sing its praises too much, but it, but no, but, you don't do. Cause it's, mm, yeah, it's nice. No, but it's the best skiing yes. in the world. Like it's the best grooming in the world. It's, and, and it's because it's in large part because of just a, a handful of people that are just live for this stuff. So I, I, I have a ton of respect. So Respect, Dakota. Thanks, buddy. To clarify, he is grooming at Meisner Nordic, which is sort of maybe two-thirds of the way up to the mountain. And it's like kind of the forest service community area. It's excellent. It's lovely. 
It's good stuff. And they have cool. a new groomer. Yep, new piston boy. Nice. Yep. Okay. Nice. So the children go down okay before we get into this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The kids the kids went down. Excellent. The kids went down okay. I was in Oslo for school today, so it's been uh, a bit of back and forth. Yeah. Sorry for the fans. Sorry for the old sorry for the fans. Like we've we've really hitting you with like some heavy hitter guests of late. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and today and today we're just gonna take it back we're gonna kick it old school jason and i are gonna break down the day yeah we are move on to tomorrow it's like roots it's roots oh we have we, we do have a special guest tomorrow the 15k master from the u.s true yes okay so that'll be fun it will be fun look forward to that yes i am too so no real elephant in the room to speak of i mean the skis for the u.s looked good yeah yeah, they're great. They were super good today. They look great today. And like we talked about with Zach yesterday, which I think is just super important just to touch on one more time. While there's no question the skis got missed in the sprint, they, the pursuit, half of the pursuit day, they had great skis. The team sprint, they had fantastic skis. Today, they had fantastic skis. So looks like the small problems that the U.S. guys had early in the championship are, are we can safely say they're behind them as of now. They've had three great race days in a row um, with good skis. So awesome to see. And did you, by chance, see an email come in from a listener today referring to the podcast yesterday? Did you read that yet? No, I, don't, I, I was just on the I was just on our email and I didn't. Maybe they didn't send it to me. I want to add that. I just want to add this in and then we're going to move on okay. right to the race. And and again, like I, I personally, and I know you feel this way. I really do appreciate when we, again, we get criticism and that's mo most often, if not all the time when we get criticism, it's fair and accurate criticism. Uh, and we love it. We do love it. Yep. Yep. Um, this is a little bit of a celebration from Daphne, no less Daphne. Okay. Okay. You didn't yeah. read it yet. I'm just going to read the first sentence. No, I haven't. I'm going to read the first okay. sentence. Great wax, great, well, actually a couple sentences. Great waxing podcast. Caldwell is the Hannibal Lecter of waxing. He just has this <laughs> scary, frighteningly, frighteningly intense competence. I'll stop there. The Hannibal Lecter of waxing. I love it. Yeah. And it is true. Yep. I love it. I, I love like like I love that he was able to just like uh, it was awesome having Zach on. It's always great having Zach on uh, for a chat, and I, I just love how he can he can readily admit that he's that he's uh, that he's surly himself. So I, I, that's that's great. It's always great to be self aware. I love it. Well, I texted. I was like, hey, this is. I was like, I think it's a compliment. He's like, yeah, I'm taking that as a compliment. So that's oh, good. For sure. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, he does so have a lot of confidence, so it's great to have him on, especially with the warm conditions we've had. Okay, I love the cheesy segues, but speaking of Hannibal Lecter, who just like killed it out there today, uh, Teresa Yohog, talk a little yeah. bit about what you saw and historical oh. frame of reference in terms of the 10K. Yeah, and I'll give some more... For sure. I'll give some historical frame of reference for the listeners. I mean, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Terezi Ohug. Um, she's one of my wife's best friends. <laughs> um, I have a good relationship with her. And I've seen how she lives outside of training camps and outside of, of the professional scene and outside of the media glare. And, and there's no... I've never met a more professional athlete in my entire life. I've talked about that on the podcast before, so I don't need to, don't need to get all into that again. But, but today... Today, and she said it herself, I'll just start with her own quote. I mean, she quoted her, she's been quoted all day saying, this was the best skate race of my entire career. It was the best individual start race I've ever done in my life. And today, everything clicked. My technique has never been better. 
mentally, I've never been better. And physically, I just had a fantastic day and everything clicked at once. And when everything clicks at once for one of the best skiers that ever lived, this is what we get to see. And, and for people that are like really, especially younger athletes that, that, that want to know like what does good skiing look like or what, what does it look like? I mean, go back and watch how Teresa Yohug was skiing today. I've never seen her technique and she's dead right. Like I've never, I mean, Teresa Yohug has changed her technique night and day. She was a horrendous cross-country skier technically in 2007 when she burst onto the scene with a bronze medal as a junior in Sapporo. Like she couldn't ski really. She was just running around like energy was going in all the wrong directions. And and now she, today it was it was beautiful skiing and, and the way she was skiing on the flats, um, you know, like really finishing her kicks, keeping that ski low to the snow, uh, her weight shift, how she was applying the power through her legs, the timing, her hip position, everything, low shoulders. It was, it was a clinic. And on a course like that, like we've talked about already, this championship, it's a tough course, the skate side of that course. And then in the 10K, they, they did both the classic and the skate side, if you want to call it that. Um, and she was just, she was chewing up the kilometers. And, and you know, if, if one of the best skiers that ever lived has the best race they've ever had in their life, that's what we get to see. Almost one minute, man. She won the world championship by almost one minute. But I'm serious. I've seen a lot of ski races I'm a major dork. I've gone in a lot of ski races and, and technique is a real passion of mine, cross country ski technique. It, and yeah, I've never seen Terezio hug ski so beautifully in my life. So hats off to her. Um, it was, it was a, it was a thing of beauty to see. Honestly, I was just in awe, like, especially some of those follow cameras for the, on the flatter terrain, man, oh man, it, that's just, that's just beautiful skiing. So it was great to see her be rewarded for that hard work. And, and she was rewarded with her 12th. Yes, I said it. Her 12th world championship title, uh, well-deserved. So one of the things I added in the in the write-up I did for this story today on this website called fasterskier.com. So uh, in just texting with Zach, he sent me over something that he has a buddy in Sweden, Eric Nielsen, who had just compiled, you must have gone into the FIST database and compiled time back, historic time back, at championship 10Ks. And so I listed that in the piece going all the way from uh, 2001 in Lati all the way through 2019 for the Seyfeld World Champs and included in there intermittently every four years are the Olympic 10K times. And she just, the closest, you know, just looking here, and I, I understand like, you know, there's skate and there's classic um, thrown into this compilation. Um, and there's also it's condition dependent, but the closest to you know beating the field by nearly a minute is Bjorgen in 2017 in Lati, uh, Kala in 2015 in Falun during that funky uh, funky, funky day, 10K day yeah. when Norway misses skis, and we have that noted. Otherwise, you know the best is like in Sapporo in Sapporo, uh, Numanova. Uh, one by 26 seconds. So this is like a, a relative dismantling, if, if you will. And, you know. Oh, not, not just relative, not just relative. No, Sorry to jump in. I but want like you this to. was a complete, this is a complete dismantling of the field. And, and the other thing I want to say too, if you start digging into the stats even deeper and you start looking at how long the races are taking, not only did she almost, not only did she win by almost a minute, but she completed the 10K course in under 24 minutes 
in in not they were great conditions every all things considered but um when i say all things considered it's been like everyone that's been watching the world championships has seen it's been like 15 degrees celsius every day so it's so it's amazing that they're able to get these tracks in as good a shape as they are but um no i mean that was it was to win by over sorry to win by almost a minute in a race that takes under 24 minutes for the women is yeah i mean i'm glad she said it is the best race she's ever done in her life uh, uh, in skating because the, the the closest race I can think of for Terezi Ohug to be as dominant is the is the 30k when she won the 30k at the World Championships in 2011 when she just skied away from the field, and um, that was a beautiful performance too. But this this performance was a step above in the way she was skiing. Like I said, just go and and watch her watch her ski and watch how she's hitting all the points you want to hit to ski beautifully in skating. So it was a well deserved win, and and like you said completely historic and yeah well deserved you're talking a little you talked a lot about her technique when we kind of introed the race or when you started introing it i'm just kind of curious you know when i watch her i she obviously has lovely technique but i think you know for me at least just kind of I, I like to have good technique, right? I'm obviously not going to ski as high tempo as a Yohawk, but I like to have good technique when I ski. What can sort of master's level skiers take away and apply to their own skiing that you might see in Yohawk beyond like the the crazy threshold that she's she's racing at? Yeah, I, I think this idea of, of timing, like her hands and her hips following each other and then and then weight shift like coming right over from one ski to the other in skating and bringing all that power with you. It, it, those are, those are two major, major steps that, um, a master's athlete or any, any athlete that's trying to improve their skating technique can think about because a, a common, a common mistake in skating is that a lot of people just keep their weight too much in the middle. Cause it's safe. It feels safe and stable to, to not, get all your weight over on one side to the other. And, and it's funny too, Teresa in some of her interviews today was saying that in Falun, she was really struggling with that. She was rushing her technique and she felt that her, her weight, she, she just didn't have her, her, her weight shift dialed in. She felt she was too much in the middle of her skis as in like not completing those kicks and, and, um, allowing for that power transfer to be so crisp. And then today it's just on full display. It was, uh, it was something else. The other question I have before we, I want to go through, obviously there's several skiers to discuss. Um, my last kind of contextual question about Yohog is she's obviously an all time great, you know, up there with Bjorgen. No question. It's not. I mean, I, my, I I look at the field and I think this is a very strong field, right? There are world, obviously, like generational skiers here. I'm going to use that word and maybe get some mail, but generational skiers here: Frida Carlson, Jesse Diggins, oh, yeah. Charlotte Kala. Um, I mean, she's an Olympic champ in this event. Um, exactly, Abby Anderson. If I didn't mention her name already, uh, so what does it say about the field holistically compared to a yoha no i i think the field i i think the field is really strong i agree with you i mean there's um a little bit of pushback with like the generational skiers in the sense but you 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 just because some of those some of those names you mentioned like jesse Eba anderson and frida are are even though jesse's 29 uh on a results side of things like she is she's at a different level jesse's just not at the level that uh Mara Bjergen, Terezi Ohag, and Charlotte Kala is that's the facts. Um, but yeah, but you you still have 
you still have like Kala, who's like won the world championship 10K. She's won the Olympic 10K right. twice. So like she's, <laughs> oh no, she didn't actually, was a pursuit she won the next time. But she's a multiple Olympic gold medalist and and mm-hmm. uh, and world champion individually as well. And and I thought Kala had a great race. I, I, I'm really, I've been so impressed with Kala during these world championships coming back from COVID-19, really struggling, having some trouble uh, with her, with some, with some injuries as well. Um, for the for the physio for the physical therapists out there that listen to the show, yes, Cal has also struggled a little bit with with back injuries. So <laughs> we have got some emails in the past, like how how prevalent are back yep. injuries in elite cross country skiing? Um, uh, the older athletes are definitely it's showing up more and more, and, and Charlotte Cala has been in that in that boat this year actually. So, but um, no, absolutely, it is a very strong field, and the fact that Teresa can come out today and and just stomp it like that. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it just shows that she's she is one of the best cross country skiers that have ever lived, man or woman. And when when somebody at that caliber has their best day ever, uh, that's what you get to see. And I mean, you, you see that in other sports too. I mean, I mean, like like think just think if those that like NBA or follow basketball, like think about Michael Jordan's best game of basketball he's ever played. The, the, a game that really like, or sorry, a name that comes to mind in basketball would be like Kobe Bryant. Like think about Kobe Bryant's best game he's ever played and and start looking through the stats. Like it's crazy the dominance they can have. Mm-hmm. And and you know, Teresa's just at that level. Like she she's at the LeBron James, Michael Jordan, or or Kobe at his absolute best level, uh, just like dominating dominating out there. So uh, but absolutely, I, I don't think I don't think there was. Uh, it was definitely not a gimme, even though it looked like a gimme on the results page. Um, Frida Carlson has come into these championships in such great form. I am so impressed with Frida here. I I had almost written her off for the championship because she's made a lot of like young person mistakes and, and yeah, exactly, and, exactly. And struggling mentally too. And she really wears her heart on her sleeve. When I say struggling mentally, I mean like. I view it as struggling mentally when she kind of loses her shit in some interviews and like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> but that's just who she is. You know what I mean? I don't think it's affecting her because she's coming into these these championships skiing so well. And and you saw how she reacted after breaking a pole. I thought she was, Kristen and I talked about that a couple of days ago. I thought she was just throwing energy away. But in the end, that's not what she was doing. <laughs> she's, that's just who she is. Like, uh, she's fiery. I'm fiery too. So I, I can definitely uh, relate to that. And, and uh, I mean, but can you imagine going through I mean I know you had a very solid career can you imagine um, being 20 years old and being one of the top three skiers in no. the world and like everyone your every mistake you make is like exactly oh, and, and, I'm, exposed, and, oh, and, yeah. and i've made so many more mistakes than frida carlson has made like uh when i was a younger athlete it's not even funny and and that's a great point i mean you, you got to go through the history here and how many juniors in the last 20 years have won medals in the women's field at the world champ senior world championships that list is one it's Teresa yohug in 2007 and now frida carlson in 2019 did it and at her second world championships, now she has two silver medals already after after a fairly difficult season for Frida Carlson, if we're being totally honest. So so she's she's got herself completely in great form when it matters and she's skiing beautifully. I really liked how Frida charged today too. Um, she started hard. She was in it at 6.8K. She wasn't that far behind Teresa. I think she was about 18 seconds behind Teresa at 6.8. And by the end, it ballooned. But fortune favors the bold and... Frida Carlson has 
so many world championship medals already in only her second world championship. And the future is so bright for her. Same with Ebba Anderson. Ebba Anderson is 23 years old. And I thought the way Ebba Anderson was skiing today uh, was fantastic. She also came into these championships fully prepared and ready. And it's showing. And the Swedish team, the Swedish distance team has just done such a great job this world championship so far, which is fun to see, fun to see that we knew how great they were in sprints and you know how good they are in distance as well. Um, but when you have three, three women firing at the level they're firing at with Frida Carlson, Ebba Anderson and Charlotte Kala, it just, it, it's, it's a wonder to watch and it's just so fun to follow along. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So this, let's, let's put this in the context of, of Diggins who, you know, back in Falun, as we all probably are aware at this point, she was the first skier to beat Yohog in the 10K skate since 2016, I think in Canmore, in a, yep. a, a career achievement. And, and also, you know, no matter how you spin it, really, you know, in my perception, it's a COVID year, some funky things go on. It really validates what Diggins has achieved this year, you know, in oh, terms absolutely. of, yeah. So that's it. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your thoughts. Sorry. Well, it just validates. It's right. You know, it's because I've talked to a lot of people who are like, yeah, the Norwegians haven't been here. These people haven't been there. It's like, yeah, that's right. But Diggins has gone against these folks and displayed, you know, her, gosh, I, I, I want to use the right word, but sort of just made a mark for her legacy that proves that, you know, she is a champion. Um, oh, and I think today sort of added, I, I feel like today added to that personally. Oh, 100%, 100%. She was so close to Eb Anderson for that bronze medal. And Serena actually had a great race being just behind Diggins. So so these top five women in the world with Teresa being the absolute boss of the field, like destroying everyone. So let's say from second to fifth, uh, there's not much there's not much gap between these women and they're skiing at an incredibly high level. And Jesse Diggins, I'm, I'm, I was so... Of course, like, what more can I say? I mean, I, I'm not her dad. I'm not her coach. I'm not her boyfriend or like, or fiance, I guess now. But like, it, it's hard not to feel like really moved by performances like she did today. She she put a lot into this performance today, skipping the team sprint like Alex and I talked about, which was which was surprising. But she really wanted this one. And what a beautiful performance by Jesse Diggins. She started aggressively. She attacked the course. She was so great on the descending sections once again um she was really aggressive and in the end she ends up fourth which is a f absolute absolutely fantastic race for jesse diggins and the women that are beating her i'm sorry like on on paper terezio hugs better <laughs> on paper frida carlson at the championships has been better uh, and Eva Anderson as well, and in in the individual events, and she's right in there in the mix. After everything she's done this year, she's won the overall World Cup, she's won the Tour de Ski, she's the best American skier uh, ever. That's obviously. <laughs> I mean, Keegan is an amazing skier too, and Keegan was the pioneer, no question. But but Jesse Diggins, you know, individual medals in 2015, individual medals in, in uh, or individual medals in um, in Lottie in 2017, fourth place in the 30K in Seafeld uh, two years ago, and now fourth place today in the 10K. I mean, Jesse Diggins is the real deal, and I thought it was a beautiful performance by Jesse today as well. And she's had to overcome some some challenging races to start this championship, but 
everybody should be so proud of her and so proud of the whole U.S. ski team for for her to be able to throw down a performance like that when it counts and when it matters. And and also too, she's going to learn a ton from this because next year's the Olympics, and she has some great chances there to take individual medals as well. And and now you know she's won the Tour de Ski, she's won the overall World Cup, and maybe maybe she'll she's probably learned a lot about about managing her energy and that sort of things going into the championship next year and and no matter what if you're fourth in back-to-back if you've meddled in in two championships in a row and then and then you're fourth in in from 2019 into 2021 like you are one of the best skiers in the world no question so the medals are right there and and who cares like we got to look at we got to look at performances like today as as what they are it was a beautiful race by Jesse and i'm i was thrilled to see it and I, I mean my heart broke a little bit that she couldn't get uh a a medal around her neck but honestly like at the end of the day who i know it sounds trite but like i don't really care like i i i love to see an athlete push themselves no one pushes themselves like Jesse Diggins no one goes to the basement like Jesse Diggins and the way she put herself out there today and I, I she succeeded in my eyes i mean I, fourth third what's the difference it was a absolutely right. beautiful performance right. and just running through like the u.s I, you know and and later on at the end of the show we'll talk a little bit about prospects in the four by five relay which i believe is thursday um so sadie mobe bjornson is 11th just a really stellar i feel like a stellar result uh you know for someone who has i think i noted that she this might be her sixth kind of world cup level race this year um so she was once 147 back rosie brennan who started off very hot um early on in the race had some great splits faded a bit to 17th at 203 back and sophia lockley who's just 20 uh it comes in at 23rd and she's 223 back. So, so all th- four of their athletes in the top 25, um, and and each of them sort of animating or part of that animation in their respective uh, parts of the field. So, uh, abs- yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, Lockley, like, what a great race for Lockley! And I thought it was so fun to see the young talent uh, throw down at the, her first World Championships, like she did. She's right in there. If you like, you just said she's twenty third, but she's two twenty one back, which sounds like a long way. But you have to remember, Teresa decimated the field, so she's really in tight with a lot of big name skiers. And the course suited her incredibly well. She's a great climber, and this was a real beast of a course, like we've talked about over and over. And uh, it's it's so cool to see young athletes come to championships where a course suits them and then deliver their season's best result at the world championships you can't ask for more than that it was great uh so congratulations to her and and uh you know you uh, you know the middlebury program back there andrew johnson's uh he's he's pumped about that <laughs> yeah. so uh so and and everybody it, it was a it was a great race for a young talented um american skier um you know i i i want to push back a little bit on sadie i i agree it was a really solid race by sadie but you know, she just hasn't been able to find that rhythm that she's found in previous years. And, and she, she tried something different this year. Uh, it is a different year, the COVID-19, all this kind of stuff happening, no question. And she's, she has raised very little compared to other years. And she's probably learned a lot about that process too. Now that we're starting to get deep into the, into into that project. 
um, because she just hasn't been able to have those like top performances that she's had for the last four or five seasons. But that said, there's still the 30K Classic that's coming up, which is a great event for Sadie and also the 4x5 Relay. So, you know, they're not going to count our chickens before they hatch. Uh, and then Rosie, you know, like a little bit in the same vein as, as Jesse is the sense like, listen, Rosie has done everything this year. She has come to new heights that she's never been before. She was fifth in the tour de ski. Like I repeat, fifth in the tour de ski. She had one bad day in the tour de ski. That's it. And it was a fantastic tour de ski. She won races on the World Cup. Um, but the fact of the matter is, it seems though as though now we can safely say that like she's just she burnt it a little too hot. It looks like with all these races, and she's she's carrying some fatigue and. And the fact that you're carrying some fatigue and you can still race into the top 20, that's solid. The only reason why anybody's a bit disappointed is because like Rosie's won races this year. You know what I mean? But, uh, and, and, you know, she, she probably is a little bit disappointed with how, how things ended up, uh, how things ended up today. But, but the fact of the matter is, you know, instead of being super choked, I hope she's not super choked because she's just done so many amazing things this year um that you know when you try and reach for it all and you try things out some things work and some things don't work quite as well as you would have hoped but in that you learn a ton and and she has a couple more chances at these world championships and then she can uh regroup and take all this confidence with her into the into an olympic year and and you know if she we all know how good rosie can be when she's uh, at her top of her game with good energy i mean she's one of the best gears in the world as well and and uh same with sadie so i, I mean it's super exciting for the american program and uh, it's been a great year all around a couple of other names i want to mention just because in 10th place i'm always just astonished rita lisa robin yeah i know she won't age no dude i think she's, she's four she's yeah, born 43? in 1978 yeah she's born in 1978 she retired and then just like, well, ah, hell, my, like her, her husband that I know well, Tony Ropening, he's actually the head coach at DU, <laughs> uh, Denver University. And um, so she's like, ah, it's Corona year. I don't know. I'll just try, I guess. And then what a great race by her. She, uh, she had an early start bib, which was a real advantage today. And there'll be an advantage tomorrow in the, in the 15K as well, because it's been so warm. So she had great conditions and she made good on that because she wasn't the only skier that made good with an early start that sorry she wasn't the only skier with an early start number so she she really had a, a fantastic race and yeah leading the finish leading the finish women's squad at 43 that's uh that's impressive yeah and just by like 1978 to put that in perspective i just had a hunch i was like bgs you know the bgs yeah. oh yeah i know the yeah BGs. i was like bgs 1978 evidently that was like the their year just to yeah, put exactly. that in perspective people you should go listen to they have some good timely tunes. Okay. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Um, one other name we have a Canadian in the top thirty, Song yeah. Jean Brown. Yeah, that, that which was which is which again, like she's just been so stable this year, and she was only twelve seconds from the top twenty, um, and a little bit like Rosie and 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 Frida Carlson, Sandrine fortune favors the bold and she went out like a rocket. Like she she was yes, she was she really did. aggressive and she really wanted it. It was this is this was her race. 10k skate is her best event and I I like that aggression. I like that, you know, I like that she tried. I like that she was really not going to 
she wasn't going to take any chances and play it safe. She wanted, she knew what she was capable of. Her goal was to ski into the top 20 and she took a chance and it didn't quite work out. But when you look at her season as a whole, I mean, she's, she's just, she's lifted her level by, by a lot this year. And, and I'm super impressed by what she's been able to do. And she's been in that top 30 most most races or almost every race, every skate race, she's been, she's been in the top 30 and in distance. And, and, uh, that, that's, that's a consistency she's never had. And, and I think, uh, the future looks so bright for Sandrine in the coming years, especially in the skate events and, and seeing her technique and stuff too. She's made, she's made some good gains there because she, a couple of years ago, even as of two years ago, she was not nearly as stable as she is now. So that, that's been, that was super fun to see. Okay, and I think this will be a good segue into talking a little bit about, and, and if you want to drill down more on the 10K, that's fine. But I want to bring up one Norwegian name, and I think it's a good segue because it helps us sort of frame who is on form and who, in fact, will race for Norway. We maybe have a rough idea or a good idea who will race for Sweden. Um, Heidi Vang, back in 15th, what's the buzz going on in Norway about that? Yeah, she can't really answer what's going on. And, you know, Kristen was talking about that, and we've talked about that a lot here. After her disappointing skiathlon, we thought, like, oh, she's going to bounce back hard for the for the, um, for the the 10K, and it just didn't work. And so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure why things aren't working that well. She's technically, from what I've seen, she's skiing pretty well. It's just not going fast enough. And, um, you know, I, I feel bad for her because she has had a fairly solid season this year, and she's, she struggled a, a couple years back like she, she was out for two years where things just weren't working and she couldn't figure it out and and this is somebody that's won the overall world cup a, a couple times won the tour to ski a couple times and um you know she's not used to skiing back in 15th or, or, or around there especially not at a world championship when you only have four skiers per nation so now things aren't really working here at the world championships for for Heidi Vang and, and to be honest like the whole Norwegian team. I mean, the, uh, Foster's Holmes had a great world championships, two top tens in the individual races already. And she's a junior, which is just a phenomenal accomplishment. I thought Ragnell Haga today had a, had a great race. She struggled the last couple of years as well. And, uh, and she was skiing well and super fantastic race for, for Ragnild, um, which is, which is great because she's the 2018 Olympic champion, like you said, in the 10 K. Um, but, but after that, you know, Heidi and, Heidi in 15th, that, that, that really surprised me today. So I, I'm not totally sure what's going on, but it's, uh, you know, I want to say it would be worrying, but it's she's had a pretty solid season except for these two races that have happened here. So that that's uh, that's just that's just so that's such a bummer when that happens at a championship when you when you want to be at your best. Okay, so thinking about Thursday's race, the four by five, which you know there there's already the buzz, you know, for the Americans. I know they like um, I think two athletes brought it up in their post race comments, but. On the Norwegian side, you know, obviously Johog's a lock. Um, who else is a lock for that team? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that—that's what's crazy about the Norwegian team right now. Who else is a lock for that team? It's it. That's a good question. I mean, they have. They. I would say Foss's home is a is a lock, as well. But then after that, I, I you know, there's man like people have underperformed. What can you say? It's a. Uh, it's 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 going to be tough. I mean, Sweden, for example, you have the th you have three fantastic distance gears that have just been throwing down, so they're in, and then they just do a grab bag of any sprinter, and uh, you know, and they're they're going to probably win the relay handily. Um, you think? But Norway, I, I I absolutely absolutely. Um, 
but uh norway you know like it's man it, it's a it'd be a tough be being a tough position to be a norwegian coach actually because um yeah I, I don't really i don't really know how you fill out the team i hope that they put uh i, I know they were thinking about putting teresa in classic prior to the championship but but seeing what what Teresa did here and seeing what Teresa did in the skiathlon and just seeing how the courses are laid out the the skate side in that relay is incredibly is way more difficult and you know I would put Teresa in a skate leg absolutely um but then that then that becomes if I say Foss's home is a lock you know you got to think that Foss's home would be the anchor because there's only two ski, skate legs and then that, but then that leaves someone like Ragnil Haga out of the relay which kind of is weird because she had a great skate race today um so i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what norway does and 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 then and then for for the u.s women too i know there's a lot of buzz i know they're really pumped but like you know before the world championship started i would have said they were a favorite to medal and now after what's happened at the world championship so far i mean i think the u.s women are an outsider for a medal uh, i think they can if everything clicks and they have athletes that have yeah season's best or not season's best, but <clears throat> like very solid races. Uh, they, they can, they can get a medal, but it's going to be tough. It's going to take more than uh, a 17th place or an 11th place speed from Sadie and, and Rosie to, to get on the podium. I'm sorry. It, you need, you need, you know, you look at Sweden, they have three athletes that are in the top six in all these races. You look at the Norwegians, they have uh, two two athletes in the top 10 in all these races, plus the best gear in the world, Russia. Um, you know, Kitashenko didn't race today, which was shocking because she had such a great uh, skiathlon. You have uh, Stupak, she had a bad race today, but she's not known as a 10K individual skate athlete, even though I know she's had medals in the World Cup, but you just go through her results. She's better in classic. Neprieva, she's coming off... Uh, um two two broken bones in her hand and but then also uh i mean serena has been so good so i mean norway russia and 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 sweden are on paper at this world championships anyways uh got to be viewed as the favorites to take the medals and 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 u.s is a very strong outsider how would you organize i'm just kind of curious how would you organize the u.s i mean diggins obviously anchors that uh yeah and who do you throw in there? Yeah, you got a it, fourth skier to fill in. Yeah, I, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, you, Sadie is such a beautiful classic skier, and yeah, you know, you got to think it, it's tough. I mean, in a in a yeah, in, in a perfect world with everybody in shape, I would go Sadie, Haley, Rosie, Jesse, but you can't do that because Haley's not in great shape, and. Um, and also Rosie is not is not in her best shape at these championships. So I mean, I guess right now, if it was me making the team, I guess I would go with Sadie, Rosie, or or Rosie, Sadie, use them in classic and then have Lockley in the third leg, because it's a hard course that's full of climbing. And and then have Diggins be the anchor. I mean, <clears throat> that's the that's the team I would go with um right now. Uh but that said yeah there, there's some there's some holes there you know what i mean i would love to use rosie in skating because rosie's such a great skater but um yeah i don't know Lockley is a maybe a better pick on that course so just kind of curious when we look at the mark you know the differential in 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 time here between 
you know, like it, it's roughly nine seconds from Kala back to ha- to Haga, and from Ropen into Mobe Bjornsson, it's four seconds, right? You throw things together, and I I say this in the context of you mentioning like, you know, well, the U.S. skier coming in eleventh, one seventeenth, but when you you know, it's mass, it's essentially mass start, right? And you've got your carrot right in front of you. Things might, you know, things maybe perhaps and maybe speak to that play out a little differently you know you know where you stand oh for sure for sure they will and the the good thing is is if sadie and rosie just aren't in their lifetime's best shape which is safe to say they're not um putting them on the classic legs is it would be a good strategy because the classic side of the course is way easier than the skate side so like you said 5k classic they're both amazing skiers international skiers that, that have skied like multiple top tens medals. So on a little lighter course, 5K in that mass start environment, they're both veterans. They, they, they have a lot of experience. Like they're not going to, they shouldn't get dropped by that much. If they, if they lose time, they're not going to lose much time. And, uh, but then, but then do you want to put all that pressure on Lockley in that third leg to go up against like, I know that's tough to, to go up against maybe Serena and Kala. Sadly, you kind of have to like, I mean, because who else is there? You know what I mean right now? So, so, so that's why, I, that's why I see them as an outsider because, you know, Sadie and Rosie, if they do end up doing classic and, and there's, I have, I don't know, I'm sitting here in Lillehammer. What do I know? But, but if they do end up doing, if they do end up doing the classic side of things, like it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, that those, that's a great pick, but, but they don't have, yeah, the skate side is a real beast, uh, dude. Like it's really, really hard, and and gaps can happen on that skate side, even though it's only five k. And like uh, a Terezi Johag uh, on the third leg of that skate side can quickly put thirty seconds into the field. You know what I mean? And that changes things, and that changes things in a big way. So yeah, it'll be exciting. But I, I think. I think before the championship started, I would have put, like I said, I, I, I really thought the U.S. was like a favorite to take a medal. And, and now I've downgraded that to an outsider based on what I've seen. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, because I've sort of gone back and forth. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is could be very positive. And but on the flip side of that, there's, you know, historically, there's always a lot of buzz generated in the past decade. Um about the team relay because you know they and that's that's partially how they market and brand themselves which is i think not a bad idea um oh it's an awesome idea they are that good too it's not even about a branding like rosie sadie jesse sophie when she was in the best shape she's been in they've had a lot of great racers if Haley swirble was in her best shape of the season uh geez that i mean Liz Steven in her best shape like uh, of course I mean it's not just marketing and, and and loose talk like they are that good they are good enough to take medals and it's it's actually you know when they finally do take a medal it'll be just so fantastic but it'll almost be a little bit like it's about time in a way because they, they have been so so strong like you said for the last decade but it is difficult to put four athletes at a championship in their season's best shape and then have them deliver a very, very solid day all together in a relay. I mean, it's, it's, uh, that's a challenge. Yeah. Well, I mean, we don't necessarily need to talk about this because we can cut this one at a reasonable length today. Yeah, I think so. It's a good idea. Just my last question is, 
you know, what, there was a huge drought for, for uh, Norway's women's relay team for, for years. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. Big time. Off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. And, but they just built up a team. They, they just – a little bit like the U.S. team that Kikin was talking about when she was on her podcast a few, a few uh, episodes ago is <clears> – <throat> They really, the Norwegian women's team had been like a team of individuals back in the days. And like, we're talking way back in the days. And um, early in Kristen's career, like that really changed. And they, they really invested in, in creating that team environment that Kristen talked about and that, that Keegan talked about. And, and that's just such a huge strength of the American team. I mean, I think um, the work that Keegan did as a leader for that team, Matt Wickcomb, Grover, Cork, like everybody there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, they've done such a wonderful job and it means that they have, that we're talking about the U S every single championship. We talk about the U S being, uh, in there for the medal and, and that's just so exciting. And whether they come third or whether they come fifth, like let's not lose sight of how, how successful this, this program has been. And like you said, it's been now successful for, yeah, like a decade or plus it's, uh, it's, it's something to be seen and they should be really proud of the, the work and, and, the. Uh, yeah, what they've been able to do. All right. That was good. Yeah. Three, three minutes. Yeah, thank you. great. Yes, thank you, Jason. We'll talk tomorrow with uh, Freeman. That'll be fun to break down yep, the 15K. Will be. Yeah. All right, take care. Have take a good care, one. Jason. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Bye, man. Thanks for listening to our World Championships coverage.